Hello there, welcome back to My Two Cents Podcast. I'm your host, G2. I am here to bring you your Elimination Chamber review. Elimination Chamber happened last night. It was a solid pay-per-view. I mean, you had two Elimination Chambers. Each chamber was for a specific reason. One was the Women's Chamber. One was the Men's Chamber for the United States Championship. The Women's Championship was not on the line. But the Elimination Chamber for the Women's would be deciding who will be facing Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Um, you had Brock Lesnar going against Bobby Lashley. You had Edge and Beth Phoenix going against Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. And then the match that everybody wanted to see that night since they were in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. You have Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman in his corner going against Sami Zayn. Now, the show would start off with the Women's Elimination Chamber to see who will be facing Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. In the match, you had Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka, Carmella, Natalia, and Nikki Cross. Asuka would win the Chamber match. Nikki Cross would be eliminated first because Raquel would put Nikki through a pod and then pin her inside the ring. Liv Morgan was eliminated next by Asuka and Natalia in a double submission. Natalia locked in Liv in the sharpshooter and then Asuka locked in the double arm bar and Liv Morgan just passed out. So the referee had to uh, call for the bell and get her out of the ring. After that, you had Natalia. She would be the next one to be eliminated because she would eat a kick to the face by Carmella, and Carmella would pin Natalia. Raquel Rodriguez would be the next one eliminated because she would eat a fury of kicks from Asuka and Carmella. And then finally, Carmella would be eliminated by Asuka when Asuka would lock Carmella into a double armbar uh, submission, and Carmella would have to admit to tapping out. So... Asuka will be facing Bianca Belair at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, this Elimination Chamber match for the females, it was fine. It wasn't it wasn't something like you could ride off home with. I feel that the first uh, couple entrance into the chamber, it started to get better and better. But once every lady was in the chamber, that's whenever you got to see the women actually start doing things. Um... You saw Nikki jump off uh, Carmella's Elimination Chamber pod. You saw Carmella trying to hide away in all the chamber pods once Asuka came in because Carmella was taunting Asuka throughout the match. And then once Asuka came in, Carmella basically tried to run away from Asuka. Um, You have Raquel busting one of the pods with Nikki's body. Those are like the big highlights of this women's chamber match. The men's chamber match would have a whole lot of highlights, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but the females chamber, I never ever can really say that they ever match up to the men's physicality in the chamber because you always feel that the ladies will not be able to measure up that much in the elimination chamber match as they would in any other style of match. The latter match, they always can do other things that could match up to the men's physicality. But for some reason, the elimination chamber, the women just cannot uh, match what the men can do in the chamber. I'm not saying that uh, if we didn't have a different crop of females in there that they couldn't, but these this set of talented women in here, they just couldn't keep up, in my personal opinion. They did what they could do, but you knew what you were expecting to see. Nikki Cross, she played the dangerous factor. She was the unstable one. Uh, Natalia, she's a traditional uh, technical wrestler. Carmella, she was the uh, sneaky weasel in the match. Asuka, she was the go-getter, striker. She isn't afraid of anyone. Same thing with Raquel. She was the strong, dominant, toss you around. And Liv Morgan, she's not afraid to take any type of punishment and pain. But 
those are the components that you had in this match. But to me, again, I could be completely wrong. But if you look at this match compared to the men's chamber, you're going to say, yeah, this one was the least favored chamber match personally out of the two. But I'm not saying it wasn't a bad chamber. It's just that it was a solid one compared to the men because the men, I feel, blew this one way out of the waters. But I'll get to that in a minute. After this chamber match, we get Brock Lesnar going against Bobby Lashley. This was a match everybody wanted to see because we all wanted to know, okay, this is the third match between both of these guys. Who's going to win this? Um, Bobby would win the match by disqualification when Bobby had Brock in the hurt lock and Brock couldn't get out of it. Brock would kick Bobby in the nuts. The referee would see it and he would call for the bell. So that's the reason why Bobby would get the uh, win by disqualification. Now, this match was just two big guys just constantly spamming finishers. And for people that don't know what spamming is, it just means that one person constantly just hitting a finisher over and over and over again. At the beginning of the match, you saw Bobby hit a spear on Brock, and then he hit him with another spear, pinned him. Brock would kick out of the spear, and now it's time for Brock to spam his finishers. He would hit Bobby with an F5, and then another F5, pin Bobby. Bobby kicks out, goes for another F5. Bobby moves out of the way. Uh, Bobby hits... Brock with another spear, tries to get Brock into the hurt lock. Brock reverses out of it, gets Bobby in for the F5, hit him with another F5, pins Bobby, can't get the job done. So that's whenever Bobby was able to lock in the hurt lock on Brock Lesnar. So this was just two big guys just hitting finishers constantly throughout this entire match from beginning to end. This match technically, I believe, like lasted, what, eight or nine minutes? And that's all you should be expecting out of a Brock and Bobby match. If this was back in uh, the 2000s, like early 2000s, like a 2007, because that's when Brock was gone. But Brock in New Japan, he was still able to actually wrestle. And Bobby Lashley, he was a younger talent coming into WWE, and he actually wrestled, wrestled. And it was a part of that situation in early 2000s. Then I'll be like, yeah, I expected like a 20-minute match between both of these guys. But no, these are just two guys that are... um. Bobby, he's past his prime a little bit because if you put him against another capable opponent that's not of a Brock caliber, I mean, as a AJ Styles or Finn Balor or um, a Seth Rollins, Austin Theory type deal, he could put on a long-standing 20-minute match with those individuals. Brock Lesnar, on the other hand, he could probably do the same thing, but he it all depends on who he likes because people in the back have said, uh, Brock Lesnar will work with you if he likes you. But if he doesn't like you, you're just basically going to do the match Brock Lesnar's way. And that's it. So with these two guys, it was just smash, smash. So I expected that out of a big monster collision between these two guys. But for the end of the disqualification, I didn't like it personally. I thought we were going to get a Bray Wyatt interference because Bray did mention that whoever wins this match, uh, he's basically going to be seeing them. So for Bobby to win this match by disqualification, I don't think Bray's going to see Bobby. I think he's going to see Brock because that's my vision. I see Brock going after Bobby one more time or Bobby trying to go after Brock one more time because he doesn't like the way that this match ended. Uh, they're going to have the match on a Raw or SmackDown. Bray pops up and then just attacks Brock Lesnar. And I see that's a way this thing could go for us to get a Brock Lesnar going against Bray Wyatt matchup here. Um, but again, that's what we get at Elimination Chamber. Brock 
kicking Bobby in the nuts when he couldn't get out of the hurt lock, and the referee calling for the bell. Now, after the match, Bobby would be on the ground. Brock would go over to the ref. He would F5 the referee, and Brock would drag Bobby's body out of the ring and F5 Bobby through the commentary table, and Brock would walk up the ramp just smiling. So you can expect on Monday Night Raw, uh, Bobby Lashley probably calling Brock Lesnar out so they can get things cracking yet again. Now, the next matchup was the mixed tag team match of Edge and Beth Phoenix going against Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley with Dominic Mysterio in their corner. Edge and Beth Phoenix would win the match by pinfall when Edge would hit Finn Balor with a spear. Then Edge and Beth would finish Finn off by hitting the Shatter Machine, or better known as the Big Rig FTR's tag team finish on Finn, and Edge would cover Finn Balor for the win. This was a solid mixed tag team match. Dominic Mysterio interfered a little bit. Um... I want to say this, Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley dominated this match majority of the time. I felt this was more of a female match than a mixed tag team match because Beth and Rhea did a lot of the work in the ring. There'll be times you see Edge and Finn Balor making their appearance in the ring, doing stuff with one another, but I consider this majority a woman tag match here. And personally, I'm happy with it because Beth and Rhea, they have history whenever Rhea was down there in NXT. Um, in the American version of NXT, not NXT UK, um, Beth was on commentary and Beth was always a proponent of Rhea. She always spoke highly of Rhea. And I believe even on commentary at points, Beth would mention how she would have loved to have wrestled Rhea back in her time whenever she was a competitor. So now years later, Beth is teaming with Edge and she's able to have that match with Rhea and Finn Balor here. But is majority just Beth and Rhea having the match in the middle of the ring. It was a good callback, personally. I wish that the commentary would have mentioned that. But, hey, for people that watch wrestling and watch the history of NXT from Rhea's come up and know about it, it was a nice like uh, callback for that. I would like to mention, keeping with the tribute aspects, Beth Phoenix will be paying tribute to Bull Nakano. Uh, that was a Japanese... A uh, female wrestler, she wrestled in the early 90s in WWF for a short period of time, but she spent majority of her time over in Japan wrestling, so she's a legend over there. Um, so she came out wearing the Bull Nakano like, face paint. So I like seeing that tribute there. I thought it was also paying tribute to Luna Vachon, but people were able to put the picture side by side on Twitter, and I was like, oh yeah, so it was Bull Nakano, and commentary did mention that too, so there you go with that. But uh, this is my summary of the match. Edge and Finn, they played their part. They did what they had to do to be coming inside the match from time to time, but they knew to move out of the way so Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley can have this match between these two one-on-one. That's basically what we got here. Now, next matchup, Elimination Chamber match for the United States Championship. Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Montez Ford, Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, and Bronson Reed. Austin Theory would win the match to retain his United States Championship. Bronson Reed would be the first man eliminated because he ate a triple finisher. He ate a one final beat from Johnny Gargano. Then he ate a curb stomp from Seth Rollins. And then to finish it off, Montez Ford would hit Bronson Reed with a frog splash to eliminate Bronson Reed. Next person up to be eliminated was Johnny Gargano when he ate a razor's edge from Damian Priest. Priest was eliminated next when he ate a blockbuster from Montez Ford. Montez Ford was eliminated next after he ate a curb stomp from Seth Rollins, then followed that up with A-Town down by Austin Theory. Then finally, Seth Rollins would be eliminated thanks to Logan Paul's help. 
uh, the referees would open the chamber to help Montez Ford get out of the ring because Montez Ford would be pinned by Theory. The referee of the match would look at Montez and see that Montez was kind of out of it loopy. So he would call for other referees and medics to come open the chamber door and help Montez Ford get out of the ring. And once they got Montez out of the ring, Logan Paul comes running down to the ring. He sees Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is looking to hit Austin Theory with the curb stomp, but Logan Paul would hit uh, Seth with the buckshot lariat, and then he would hit Seth with his own curb stomp. Now, Logan Paul would leave the chamber, shut the chamber door, climb on the fence of the chamber, and watch as Austin Theory would hit Seth Rollins with the A-Town down, and Austin Theory would cover Seth Rollins to win and retain his United States Championship. Now, I thought they were going to pull something like this, because it's been a minute since somebody like did anything like this in a chamber match, and especially since uh, Seth Rollins and Logan Paul have been going back and forth on social media, and Seth Rollins was doing uh, media this past week, even during uh, Super Bowl week, and he was talking about Logan Paul coming into wrestling and just trying to uh, suck the money dry and line his pockets, because Logan Paul doesn't care about wrestling, he only cares about making a name for himself. I thought this is what was going to happen. I thought that um, he was going to pop up and basically cost Seth Rollins the win here. I even said in the predictions, I thought he was going to pop through the floor of the chamber the same way Shawn Michaels did. But for him to come through the door, I thought he was going to come through the door by popping a referee and unlocking it. But again, they still went with the option of having Logan Paul still cost Seth Rollins the matchup here. It was still a nice... Uh, moment to have because now you know Seth Rollins and Logan Paul are more than likely going to have a match at one of the nights of WrestleMania. But it still begs the question, who is Austin Theory going to be facing at WrestleMania? But we have weeks to figure that out. Now, the highlights of this Elimination Chamber match, Bronson Reed was a monster in here. He came in, he started trucking everybody down, he beats up on Austin Theory, Priest, uh, Montez Ford, Gargano, Seth Rollins. I mean, he just beats up on everybody until you see uh, Gargano, Ford, and Seth Rollins gang up on Bronson to take him out. Um, at the beginning of the match, Theory being the obnoxious punk that he was, he was the first person out of the pod whenever it was time for him to come out because Seth Rollins and Johnny Gargano started the match. Then you see Seth and Johnny just start beating up on Theory because Theory has been running his mouth constantly four months so when you see that happen it felt nice um there was a moment in the chamber where you saw montez ford climb up the chamber to the top not to the high high top but like climb up the sides and then he climbed to the top of the side and then he just basically turned himself inside out and then he drops onto all the competitors below him so that was a crazy uh moment to see from montez ford here and also, there was another moment where Johnny Gargano and Seth Rollins were fighting on top of one of the Elimination Chamber pods, and it looked as Seth Rollins was going to powerbomb Johnny Gargano off the Chamber pod onto, I believe it was Priest in theory outside of the ring, but Johnny Gargano would reverse it and he would hit a Hurricanrana off the Chamber pod and make Seth fly off and he would land on... Uh, Priest and Theory outside of the ring. So, again, that was a nice little moment that you see from there. But throughout this whole match for the men one, in comparison to the females, 
Men's was all action, all action packed, just constantly go, 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 go. Not no wasted movements here. It was a constant go. So it was nothing but a constant car crash in the chamber. And also, I do have to make note, this chamber match for Montez Ford, it was something that everybody wanted to see. This was the first glimpse of what it would look like for Montez Ford to be in a high-pressure situation without Angelo Dawkins if Montez Ford was by himself in a championship opportunity-style match. We got to see what he would look like. And Montez Ford, he looked well. He looked like he belongs in a singles competitor uh, championship match, to be honest with you. He looked straight. He didn't look out of place. He looked like he belonged. So Montez Ford is a man that can do tag team wrestling. And when the time is right and it's time for the Street Profits to break apart or do their own thing, Montez Ford could go after a middle championship and even a world title because people are already calling for Montez Ford to go after the world title. But we got to wait for Montez Ford to uh, grow and get that under his belt of credibility for him to be a singles competitor too, for him to wear a heavyweight title. But this was the right step forward for that to happen for Montez Ford. But again, in the end, Austin Theory, winner of the Elimination Chamber match for the United States Championship, still champion. But this does set up Seth Rollins going against Logan Paul at one of the nights of WrestleMania. Now off to the main event. The undisputed Universal Championship matchup, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman going against Montreal's own Sami Zayn. Now, Sami Zayn would have his family in attendance. He had his wife, uh, his kids, his brothers, all like in the front row. You see them. Roman makes eye contact with Sami's wife. And throughout this match, Sami would get butt beat from time to time from Roman. And Roman would just look at Sammy's family, and he would just talk smack, talking about how Sammy cost him this. He didn't want to do this to Sammy. Sammy is the one that's making me do this. Uh, Roman was a complete menace, basically. Roman was a menace in this matchup here. He would talk trash to Sammy. He does it every single time to anybody that he's competing against. But the difference was he was in real hostile environment here. Montreal got to booing Roman off bat. Once his music hits, there was no cheers. There was straight just constant boos raining down and constant boos. Um, once Sammy came out, the fans started cheering for him. And I mean, it was a loud, proud, homegrown uh, type cheer for their hometown kid making his return in a big high-pressure championship matchup here for Sammy to have. It was a nice moment here. Um, at the beginning of the match, the guys did not touch. They did not do nothing. They just stopped and just stared at one another as the fans would constantly cheer. At moments, you will hear them chant Olay. At another moment, you'll hear them chant F.E. Roman. At another moment, you hear them chanting Sami Zayn. I mean, for a good solid, what, five minutes, they just like stood there and the fans were just constantly chanting. But once it started and they started actually getting down to business, the match was what it was. You know what it is with a Roman Reigns-style matchup here. Roman Reigns is able to have a good match with anybody, especially his uh, trash-talking, as I already noted earlier, him being a menace. Um, Sami Zayn, same thing. Sami Zayn is a credible uh, worker. He's able to wrestle with anybody, and 
This match proved it as well. There'll be spots in the match where you think Sammy has Roman beat. You would see uh, Sammy hit Roman with a Superman punch, then follow it up with a Huluva kick, and he will go for the pin. One, two, and it looks like it's about to hit three, but Roman kicks out. The whole crowd is in disbelief. Sammy's in disbelief. They'll get a camera shot of the wife being in disbelief. Um, Roman and Sammy keep on going back and forth, back and forth, but towards the end of the match, they always got to be a ref bump. And for people that don't know what that means, that means a referee basically falling down and being incapacitated to allow some shenanigans to happen. So once this happens, uh, Sammy would go and hit Roman with a haluva kick, and now he pins Roman. The referee's not there, and you hear the crowd chanting, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They get up to 12, and then they stop counting, because if a referee was there, Sammy would be your new uh, champion. But since the referee's not there, now Sammy's... Like, oh no, what do I do? And once Sammy gets up, out pops Jimmy Uso. Jimmy Uso will super kick Sammy about a good three times, then go to the top turnbuckle, hit him with an Uso splash, put Roman Reigns on top of him. And once Sammy is covered by Roman here, because Jimmy puts Roman on top of Sammy, a referee just pops out of nowhere, slides into the ring, and makes the count. One, two, Sammy kicks out. Jamie's in disbelief. Paul's in disbelief. So we're back to again. Sammy and Roman constantly battling with one another. And again, we get another ref bump. This time it's because uh, Roman Reigns, Superman punches the referee by accident. And once he does this, the referee goes down. Sammy would hit uh, Roman with, I believe, a T-bone suplex. Jamie Uso would try to get on the ring apron. Sammy would run over and hit Jimmy with the Huluva kick. Then he would go back to uh, Roman, but Roman would hit Sammy with a spear. Paul would tell Roman there's no referee right now. Both of the referees are down, so Roman would tell Paul to get him a steel chair. Paul would get Roman a chair, hand it off to him, and then you see Sammy down and pop up Jey Uso. Jey Uso pops up into the ring. He's in between Roman and Sammy. And Jay is looking at Roman in disgust. He doesn't want to be here and all this type of stuff. And Roman is talking smack to Jay, saying, you're standing in between my way to getting to him. So Roman would do what he did to Sammy at Royal Rumble. He gives Jay the chair. And he tells Jay to do it. Hit Sammy. Jay would reluctantly take the chair the same way Sammy did. And now, Roman's talking smack to Sammy. Jay is looking at Roman, side-eyeing him, and he's holding the chair. Roman is waiting for Jay to hit Sammy with the chair. He sees Jay just standing there. Roman starts snapping his finger and asking Jay, what are you doing? And then he just pie-faces Jay constantly over and over again, grabs the chair away from him. And you just see Roman just chastising Jay. Uh, once Roman turns around to look back at Sammy, Sammy will be charging over to Roman and try to hit him with a spear, but Roman will move out of the way, and Sammy would hit Jay Uso. So once that happens, Sammy looks at Jay with remorse as Jay's rolled out of the ring because he gets in pain now, 
and Roman would take the opportunity to hit Sammy in the back constantly, multiple times, with the steel chair. So once he gets done with that, he would hit Sammy with another spear, cover Sammy, a referee would hop back into the ring, make the count, one, two, three, Roman Reigns is still your universal undisputed champion. So after the match, Roman and Jimmy Uso's in the ring. Roman would say something to Jimmy, and Jimmy would go over to Sammy and start beating him up. Now, as Jimmy's beating up on Sammy, Roman is just standing there watching this. Kevin Owens' music would hit. Kevin Owens would come running down to the ring, and he would beat up on Jimmy, and he would take care of Jimmy at the entrance ramp. Then Kevin Owens would get in the ring, and he would beat up more on uh, Roman Reigns, then hit him with a stunner. Then Jimmy Uso would get in the ring, and he would eat a stunner. So you would see that happen. Um, Kevin Owens would take Jimmy Uso outside of the ring, hit him with a powerbomb on the commentary table, busting it. And now Kevin Owens would get back in the ring. Roman Reigns is trying to get to his feet in the corner. Kevin Owens will look at Roman, and then he will look back at Sammy, because Sammy's now standing in the other corner. And Kevin Owens would move out of the way, so Sami Zayn can run over and hit Roman Reigns with a Huluva kick. Now, Roman Reigns is down. Kevin Owens and Sami will look at one another, and then Kevin Owens would leave the ring and then start walking to the back. And Sami Zayn's just standing in the ring by himself. And that's how Elimination Chamber ends. So, here's my thoughts on this. I feel that since Kevin Owens is a Raw guy, we're going to hear something from Kevin Owens on Raw. And then we're going to hear Sami Zayn more than likely probably respond on SmackDown. But we're probably going to get to a united front of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And I have a feeling that we're going to have them going against the Usos at WrestleMania for the tag team titles, which everybody and I have even said that's going to happen. So it looks like we're in that direction here. And we're going to get Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn beating the Usos at WrestleMania. But I would like to see the way in which Sami and Jay Uso speak with one another. Because Jay did not want to attack Sami here at Elimination Chamber. Even with Roman giving Jay the opportunity to do it, Jay still did not attack Sami. Sami accidentally spears Jay with the spear. So now I would like to see how those two interact and I'd like to see how Jay interacts with Jimmy because now I know Jimmy's going to mention this to Jay about him not attacking Sammy at Elimination Chamber. So I want to see what type of rift that has between Jay and Jimmy. But ultimately, I think we're going to get a match between the Usos and Kevin Owens and Sammy at WrestleMania with the winners being Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn here. But we do know Roman Reigns is going against Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania for the Undisputed uh, Universal Championship. So that's going to be good. Uh, we do know Seth is going to go against Logan. That's what it's been built up to. So we're knowing we're going to get that. We know we're going to get Oscar uh, going against Bianca Belair. I think that match is going to be fire at WrestleMania. I want them to start building up Oscar to be this big, like, destroyable monster. I want her to be a monster that destroys everybody in her way for that match with Bianca to be extremely special at WrestleMania. And what else to come? I don't know. Who is Austin Theory's opponent going to be at WrestleMania? I don't know. It might be John Cena. 
I hope it is because John Cena versus Theory. They've been kind of building that up under, like, under the radar. But if you've been catching Austin Theory's promos, he'll kind of sneak this a little bit of John Cena here and there. So they've been kind of having that under the radar from time to time. And uh, Gunther, who's he going to be facing at WrestleMania? I don't know. When are we going to hit the payoff with Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio? More likely at WrestleMania, but we still got to get the build to that. I mean, there's a lot of things from this pay-per-view that has been answered, but some of them that has not been answered. Who is Bray going to be going against at WrestleMania? Will it be Bobby or Brock Lesnar? Hopefully this week coming, we get the answers to that, but let that be this week coming. Tonight, Elimination Chamber, solid pay-per-view. You got your winners, and you know where people are going, and you know where I think people are going. I hope you guys tune in to the wrestling shows this week, the Raws, the Smackdowns, and all the other shows. But if not, you guys can always check me out this upcoming Saturday where I'll be talking to you about all the highlights from all the wrestling shows of this past week. So with that, that has been your Elimination Chamber review. I have been G2. This has been my Two Cents Podcast. I love you all. I thank you. If you want to listen to me talk about the news topics that happened this past week, my Sunday episode is available to you right now. So now with all the plugging out of the way, please be careful. Please have a great day. Please don't be a dick. Please be courteous to everyone. And please be nice and check up on your people. Make sure they're okay. Make sure they're good. Now. With all that being said, I love you all. I thank you. This isn't goodbye. This isn't until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. This has been G2. And again, I love you all. I thank you for everything. And with that, Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.